Welcome to Lost Without Japan, a travel podcast about the life-changing experiences of exploring Japan and those moments we would be lost without. For your listening pleasure, allow me to introduce your very own Kanko Gaido, Michael. Welcome to a special Lost Without Moments bonus interview episode of Lost Without Japan podcast. Our bi-weekly podcast is focused on getting you to Japan for your first visit or to make your next adventure to Japan an even better one. Today's special interview episode with Stephanie Lowe from Neil Private House will cover a number of unique services that truly could create a once-in-a-lifetime experience. This is your Kanko Gaido for TKIC Studio Productions coming to you with hopes and dreams of a return to travel for himself and others in summer 2022. I'd like to thank you for all giving us a bit of your time today and truly hope that this podcast finds you in a good place or on the path to a better one, no matter how it may seem at this moment. My belief is that we could all use a beacon like this one in our lives to help guide us during these times. And my hope is that Japan, along with this show, will become that for you. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a returning Lost Without listener, thank you again for your time and for returning. For today's show, let me introduce a very special guest from the old private house, Stephanie. I must say, I'm truly thankful for being introduced to you by Jeff from Rediscover Tours and Rediscover Japan, and for you taking time out of your busy schedule today, we'll say more than once, uh, for today's <laughs> interview. So thank you, Stephanie. Hi, thank you. <laughs> long time, you know, long time since we talked last. Uh, yes. There are still uh, plenty of activities and experiences that are on my list to complete in upcoming visits to Japan, but it's not often I learn of an experience that I was unaware of that I, it excited me as much as this experiences that are laid out on neold.co.jp um, has uh, one of those, my friends, who wouldn't want to be a Shogun for a day or two, uh, and so many other cool things. I true, f- truly feel fortunate today to have Stephanie join us and share ex- exactly what Neold Private House has to offer listeners of Lost Without Japan on their next trip to Japan. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much yeah. for making time for your listeners today. Um, let, listeners, let me just tell you, uh, Stephanie is going above and beyond uh, in this today. <laughs> and um, I'll forgive her if her favorite musical is not um, Les Mis, um, you know, because of all that she's done today. And I owe her a pizza. Now I just have to figure out how to get it to Japan. So yeah. Before I would we like a Chicago deep dish pizza, thank you. <laughs> it's like for, for sure, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Before we get going with today's episodes, uh, where can listeners go to take advantage of your services and answer any additional questions they may have when they look to be- book their next trips? So you can follow us on Instagram at nail.jp, on Facebook by searching Nail Private House or facebook.com slash nail.jp or on our website, nail.co.jp. Excellent. And for the, this next part, uh, Stephanie, it's really whatever you want to share um, is up to you. Um, give you a chance to kind of introduce yourself, um, life before Japan, after you know, anything like that that you'd like to cover. 
All right. So I'm Stephanie. I'm the translator, social media manager, and coordinator for Nail's Private House. Apart from translating for the company, my main role is to coordinate guests stay with us, either directly with them or with their travel company. So some guests might request sightsee in certain places or have very specific experiences during their stay with us. So it's my job to plan and ensure that their itinerary goes as smoothly as possible. Excellent. And one of the, the other things is said that you moved uh, to Japan um, about like four years ago. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I moved to Japan from Singapore about four years ago. And during that time in Singapore, I worked with traditional Japanese craftsmen, call them shokunin, shokunin-san. And I introduced their craft to Singapore through art festivals and local design stores. And right now, I'm also a freelance translator for sankaku.is. It's an online publication project telling stories about craft and design culture in Japan, especially Tokyo. Excellent, Stephanie. And I'll make sure to include a link for that in our notes. Um, we kind of have a show doc that we have going that will definitely be uh, something I'm sure others will be interested in as well. And if you could... Um, what has learning about these traditional makers, uh, you know, how has it in- impacted you? Well, learning about the traditional makers and the ethos is what pushed me from like mere interest in Japan to really falling in love with the mindset of Japanese people and craftsmen and why Japanese workmanship is so prized all over the world. You know, many people poke fun at how hard-headed Katai. Japanese people are about rules, but it is the same mindset, the same vein that brings this consistency and quality of craft that's so admired all over the world. Excellent. And then, um, as I made the joke earlier, I know that you went to university uh, for theater <laughs> uh, with, with Les Mis, you know, we can always talk about your favorite musicals or, you know, uh, things later. But uh, what, what uh, did you study uh, at university? Uh, my university uh, major was theater, acting, not musical theater, though. So we studied different art forms, Asian art forms. And one of them was no theater, which is Jap- Japan's oldest form of art. And that led to my interest in Japanese theater in general and also led to this job at Nail Private House. Because when I was interviewing for the job, they showed me the no theater stage in its conceptual stage and I I just went off on a tangent about how much I love no theater and that is how I got the job probably I guess it's great when you have those <laughs> moments in life that like lead uh you know things that you're passionate about uh end up happening for a reason and it becomes like what you're doing it's so like you know I love it I love it I love it and for you like we get into our like Japan passions and things like that what was it that first attracted you to Japan? Wow. So my first encounter with Japan was on exchange here when I was 14. I spoke no Japanese. My host family did not speak English, but they went through length to make me feel welcome. And this, they call it omotenashi, like hospitality. And at that time, it, it just resonated with me so much. I returned to Japan at every subsequent visit. And even now, I still feel that it's hospitality. 
Yeah, I don't know like many places in the world. Like for me, I was um, lost in Tokyo Station and I had someone that walked me 45 minutes to like a complete opposite end, made sure I got on my right train and then probably had to walk 45 minutes back to get on their train. Like you're not going to find that like anywhere else in the world, you know, like it, yeah. it, it made me fall in love like even more so. So I no doubt. I feel spoiled by Japan. I don't think I can live anywhere else now. Uh, I lost my phone recently, like during a ski trip, and it was within ten minutes that someone just returned it to me. <laughs> I'm just spoiled here. It's yeah. it's, it's it, like when I'm there and I see people leaving their things and like walking off. Um, it was always like it always catches me off guard. And by the end of it, I'm just like, ah, oh, this is okay. <laughs> it's great. I wouldn't do that in <laughs> Chicago. Love Chicago, but wouldn't do that here. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but like, so what's besides that, like having your phone returned to you when it's lost, what still excites you the most about living in Japan? For me, a nerd. And I say the subway because it is on time all the time to the minute. And the fact that I can reschedule a package to be redelivered at a certain time, like you can you can schedule it for from 10 to 2 p.m., from 2 to 4 p.m. And it will arrive. And it's, and it's very punctual, too. There's no doubt about it. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and then for you, what are your favorite places you've visited in Japan? Ooh. Oh, you have to make me choose. The whole of Japan is my favorite. But <laughs> the most memorable would be um, Kumano Nachi Shrine in Wakayama. It was it's a whole hike getting there. I'm not the most physical person. <laughs> it was painful, but seeing the Nachi waterfall is huge, and the iconic pagoda made everything worth it. That's awesome, and I and I I'd follow you with that. Uh, I've got like this bike uh, tour thing that I'm that I may be looking to do, and uh, you know, some other things. Anything I can find that other fellow uh, non-athletic types have done, it's going to go at the top of my list <laughs> for next time. <laughs> so, so yeah. and, and then I know for you too, um, with your location in Yoshino um, for Neold uh, Public, the Neold House. What is it about that area that means so much? Well, first of all, um, Nara, Yoshino, where um, Neold is, it's in Nara, which is the ancient capital. And Yoshino itself, uh, Yoshino Mountain, is a World Heritage Site, has many sacred roots in um, mountain worship like Shugendo, and Neo Mount Yoshino is breathtaking during the cherry blossom season, which was recent, and it is known for the 10,000 cherry blossoms, the view of these cherry blossoms, so all the way up the mountain, it's all cherry trees. During spring, as you go up the mountain, and as you take the train up to Yoshino, everything is pink and white, and different shades of pink, and it's it's like a dream. I really recommend it. Awesome. I, it has to be breathtaking. There's no doubt about it. And yeah. when when you're not uh, translating or, you know, working for Neil House, like, and you have a bit of free time, um, what do you like to do? Ooh. So, because I live in Kansai in Osaka, it's so easy to take little trips around the area. So, um, I like... I go to Kyoto at least once a month. There's so much to do, so much to see in Kyoto, especially North Kyoto. 
Yeah. I love it. I love it. And like, there's just so much to do in that area, just to, in general. Like, I, it's easy to fall in love uh, with that for sure. And when you have that free time and you have like uh, any activities or hobbies uh, that you like to do outside of uh, work uh, in Japan as well. Ooh. Oh, so the nerd is out. So <laughs> I still, um, I like painting, I do dance and read about Japan. So my hobbies outside of Japan are still Japan, unfortunately. <laughs> fortunately. Yeah. yeah. In this audience, you have a lot of people that are going to be of the same thing. So, you know, like, <laughs> like there's a lot of people <laughs> nodding their heads right now. <laughs> yes. And that we, when we had talked uh, before, like about travel hacks for Japan, you're a big fan of the JR Pass. Um, why yeah. is that? Because. I can't use it right now. I'm a, Japan, a Japanese resident, like a Japan resident, and the JR Pass is only available for those outside of, with residents outside of Japan. And the JR Pass can be used to get on the Shinkansen to all the places throughout Japan. And I don't, and I advise people not to sleep on places that are in the big, big cities, you know, Osaka, Kyoto, Tokyo. You know, you just, you should go between these cities just hop on hop off and don't shy away from tour guides and travel planners or even walking tourists it's not a scam people <laughs> the local guides really they're likely to show you places that you wouldn't go by yourself and that's a huge deal because japan can be very um imposing if you let it be um and having like a a local uh, friend uh you know per se that or anybody that can just help guide you through that process is going to make you feel so much more comfortable and then you'll want to do it on your own you know yeah it, it really I think is the first time you should have a guy a local guy especially if you want to go to like little izakaya small little bars and the whole menu is in japanese 100%. I need to find a curry place that's like that on my next visit. That's my like one of my favorite things to have. So, <laughs> so. Yes, come to Osaka. I'll show, I'll show the curry places to you. That's it. It's like sold, sold. And for you, um, if I have someone who's listening right now that's like, Stephanie, so jealous of your job, of being in Japan. This is some sort of employment that I'd like to try to get you know, myself, like, what would be a recommendation that you'd give to them? I mean, to move to Japan, you should study Japanese. <laughs> that's, that's where you should start. Number one. Um, and then, <laughs> secondly, I mean, not just um, Japan, but sharing something is to truly have a love for what you're sharing. And I couldn't imagine trying to sell, or even share Japan right now if I didn't love it, if I didn't honestly believe in it. I agree. I agree. And it, it comes off a hundred times over with, <laughs> with speaking with you. So um, now on to kind of um, uh, Neil private house. We will get to discuss the Shogun experience a little bit later. And I know that there's people that are listening right now. That's like, Mike, just get to it right now. But what are some, there's so many, let me tell you everybody right now, there are so many other unique experiences and options at Neil private house that they have to offer could you go into a little bit for um, us right now? So Neil's private house, it features a full, authentic, no theater stage. And its construction was supervised by a no theater performer. His name is Taichiro Nomura. 
and he's from the Izumi school. So this private facility allows for only one party to book the premise at each time. So we bring cultural experiences like Kezuma, which is traditional magic, and EI, sword fighting, which is which is featured in Demon Slayer, <laughs> and tea ceremony. And all these experiences are brought to the guests instead of the guests going around different places and hustling around. So you come here and it is truly an immersive getaway. That's awesome. And it's not just for one person. Um, I saw on your site um, that it's also for people that are traveling with children um, or a group of people. Could you tell us about that um, as well? Yeah. So this exclusivity, this privacy alone um, gives you full reign of, of a facility. It's like staying in this luxury ryokan all the perks and services is super luxurious but you don't have to be considerate because it's for you and your group alone so it makes travel with young children easier we had um a group recently with seven adults and two young children toddlers and they had a great time just letting the kids do their thing after after dinner we serve the kids first always and after dinner they just roam around the adults just hang out and they brought a bunch of their own food to barbecue and we helped them set it up on our little veranda. And we have a rooftop deck, rooftop deck as well if you want a barbecue. And you, know, you can stay up as late as you want. You don't have, <laughs> there is no curfew. You can do whatever you want. So you get a whole experience, but you do have the whole place to yourself. And that in and of itself is huge. And you have uh, this amazing dining experience that you can have and that dining experience could become even more amazing uh with some like an additional possible add-on thing that you have come um, that you'll talk about as well could you tell us a little bit about those dining plans and what's included with your stay okay so you can come to nail just for lunch and dinner private lunch private dinner but we also typically have um breakfast and dinner plans if you stay with us and if you stay for more than one night, we can add on lunch as well. And we have a special exclusive for guests that stay more than one night. So you get to come with us. You get an insider's view to the morning market. This morning market is exclusive to the dining industry, restaurants and hotels only. And you get to see the fresh fish that come in. You get to look at the vegetables. And the ingredients you choose that morning will be served the very same night. I could see like uh, some foodies uh, out there, especially mm. those uh, themed with Japan, like that in and of itself is like worth paying for. So that sounds like simply amazing. And what are some of those uh, like popular dining requests or, uh, you know, things that people might need to know if they're going to be looking to book uh, with your service? Yeah, I mean, as you know, it's like, Coming to Japan with dietary restrictions might be a little difficult, especially if you're vegetarian or vegan because everything has fish. <laughs> so every meal with us is bespoke and tailored to the guest's preferences. So you can request you know, no, no shellfish, no fish roe, or no vegetables. And if you get the occasional, I, I want to try a certain dish that I came to Japan to try, like pufferfish. And we are licensed, we are certified to serve pufferfish very safe <laughs> and we can accommodate for you if it's in season 
that's awesome. I say so many different things that's here and, and it's just, ah, sounds fantastic so far. And if someone was looking to, um, you know, look about trying to set up that bespoke menu with you, that dining experience, how do they get in contact with you to do that? So you can shoot us an email or just message us on our social media and at least a week in advance. So we have enough time to curate a special menu for you. And if you're going to do it, might as well do it right. That sounds like fantastic for here. And with everything that's there, but beyond um, all of these performances, having your own, you know, theater, basically it's outside, like where everything's brought to you. You have a menu that's tailored to you. You have so many things that people may not expect. Um, but what is one thing that our listeners uh, may not expect uh, about staying with Neil Private House? Well, it's how truly deep into nature and how far away from actual city you are. I'm a city girl. I was brought, born and raised in a bustling city and going to Neil for the first time, it was so quiet and the mountain air is so fresh. And the stars are so close to you. And sometimes you can see and hear wild deer because we're in Nara. They come out from under from the mountains. They come and say hi. <laughs> and we have our, our no state lit up at night. So we have porches and it really is breathtaking. It's just um, all of this uh, sounds like something that's just uh, completely unforgettable. And being in an area that, you, like you said, is... Uh, UNESCO uh, heritage site area and just everything that you can have with this just simply amazing, simply amazing. And now to the part that a lot of people are here for, if you're going to do this, I mean, you want to be the Shogun. Uh, you would like to have the Shogun experience. Uh, I'm ready to be dressed up right now. Uh, <laughs> it's like what happens even before you like someone was arrives that makes this experience even possible. So you're right. It is like a theatrical performance. So we have to iron out the details with the guests beforehand to ensure everything goes smoothly. We want to know their preferences, food, costumes. So we do require reservations to be made at least two weeks in advance. And on our end, we are preparing and rehearsing like a performance. So we have a stunt team and we make sure everyone knows what they're doing and where they're supposed to be when the guests come. And if an interpreter is needed, we have a run-through to make sure everything is seamless for the guests. So it's exactly like a performance. We are a duck paddling in a pond, very calm up top, down under the water, we're all like screaming, paddling furiously. And anyone that's been a part of a play, uh, be it whatever level of performing that is, uh, knows just how crazy it is in the back and how calm it can seem, you know, out on stage. So that, that I can definitely see. And it, and the cool part is though, cause I was like, okay, you're going to have the Shogun experience, which is just like amazing. But then was, when I was clicking through, I'm like, what's going to happen if you're coming with a group of people? Uh, is it somebody like everybody kind of admiring this other person? No, no, it's not. You have the ability to kind of play along with this performance as well. You could be a noble lady. You could be a samurai. You can be a ninja. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about how much more customization you have to offer? Yeah. So you, when you come with more than one person, because there can only be one shogun, he's the top. 
you can with a guest. Maybe your guest wants to be a ninja. And then you can have a ninja experience with your friend. Or you can be a noble lady. You can be a samurai. And it's just so that people might want to try on different roles. Like, I don't want to be a samurai. I want to be a lady. And we want to give them the option to do that. And it'd be nice, like especially if you're going to be taking advantage of multiple days of having that as an option, too. Totally could see that. Now, on average, um, what are kind of some of the prices or price ranges someone might expect uh, when they look to take advantage of Neil's uh, private house uh, for one or multiple days? So we have the full price list on our website, fully transparent. But um, the Shogun experience itself starts from 1 million yen for the first guest. And per additional guest, it's 100,000 yen. And it's with everything that goes into it. I mean, like with that Shogun experience, it's not just, um, you know, like one thing. You have like a whole village, it seems, of people that are there. Like, yes. I mean, <laughs> a whole crew, a film crew, a stunt team. You have a whole cast of people for just you coming down. Like, how how much would you pay to have your own movie (laughs) and have that be filmed in Japan? Come on, come on. This is like amazing. Mm -hmm. So much, so much awesomeness here. And then with everything that you have, it even begins before you like arrive. Can you talk to us kind of like about the experience of when someone's picked up and they're brought uh, to Neil private house? Yeah. So we pick you up from a private van. And the moment you arrive, everyone is waiting for you. Everyone's in character. We have big typo drums. We're welcoming the guests as if they were a shogun coming home. And we take your bag and we'll ignore the fact that you are in modern clothes. Like this strange (laughs) shogun is wearing a t-shirt. It's fine. You get a costume change back into (laughs) proper shogun attire and it fully immerses you into the role. And then you get a official introduction from the staff. We'll introduce the facility. And at this time, you can relax and take photos. But when you're relaxing, the staff are also in character. So they are doing their daily routine. They are cleaning the floor. They are practicing their sword fighting. And then after that, you get a dining experience where it's a multi-course, Kaiseki-style dinner which of course you are a shogun. It's very important that we test for poison before you consume it. Yeah. It's you get great, a whole experience great. as a shogun. Yeah. And after dinner, if you have requested for an add-on cultural experience, like we can do Tezuma before a magic show, or you can have a private um, Michael Geiko performance or tea ceremony calligraphy that will take place after dinner. If not, you can roam around. You can go to the roof deck. You have a basement bar. You can take a drink out, have a three-hour-long bath. You know, there's times, like, uh, I'd pay $10,000, I think. I'm pretty sure, you know, for that alone, just having that ability to be out somewhere and having, like, all of that. You can, like, you can bring you know, bring food to your private. We have a private outdoor bath. You want food and drinks there, you can stay there the whole night. It's amazing. It's amazing. And um, with all of those performances, like you said, you're, that night, like you're coming through, you're able to see, I'm sure, a ton more stars than you're even going to even think, you know, possible. Uh, you have nature all around you. I can't imagine 
your location in fall like uh you know autumn like, it has to be amazing yeah. and ah oh, just so cool and then with that your night comes to an end you're starting the next day could you tell us um what it's like when uh your shogun uh wakes up in the morning uh how their day kind of goes so we have a japanese style breakfast of course and then after breakfast we get into the meat of the whole shogun experience so you get a one-on-one sword practice lesson and then you you have some stunt training with our stunt team to prepare for filming. So the samurai armor, it's an authentic original samurai armor. It takes a while to put on, about an hour. It's very heavy. I've tried it on myself. The helmet itself is five kilos. It's like... <laughs> I, was, I can't believe they actually wear this into battle. <laughs> after practice, we film the fight sequence and then we'll send it to you directly after editing. And then it's time for you to check out and we will let you freshen up back to your own clothes and we'll send you back in our private van. I mean, just so much. Like you have a sword uh, practice session. You get to have stunt training. You get a movie to go back home with. You have like meals that are tailored to you. You get this all by yourself. Um, Just amazing. Like so, so awesome. And I'm sure we could keep on talking for like the next 30 minutes um, more about that in general. Uh, but uh, we'll move on uh, with this and kind of look to touch base again um, after everything opens and just see how things are going for you all. But I look forward to that. But what is some of the biggest challenges you're facing, um, Neil Private House, right now? Um, and how, how are you going about trying to tackle that? I mean, the challenge right now is the same as most of us in the travel industry. You know, the borders are still closed to overseas first. So what we're doing is currently focusing on guests that are within Japan right now, trying to create content, get feedback, and garner interest to prepare for when the borders open. So doing interviews like this. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for doing that. You know, setting aside the time for it. Thank you for having us. Yeah. (laughs) And what for you, I mean, there's so many things going. And as soon as things open up, there's so many people I know that are just ready to go back to Japan, especially those that are my friend that I'm friends with that have been multiple times. Like we're just stockpiling money. We're not going other places. We're literally just like, okay, our next trip is going to be even better. (laughs) Like, so you can't wait to take advantage of that. Like I like, uh, um, I, I'm so hoping that we get to go in June, my son and I. I said, if it's pushed off, we're going to do, um, we'll end up staying like in Tokyo at the Park Hyatt and just making like an even more amazing experience, uh, you know, for ourselves. But having something like this uh, is something that I was unaware of, like having the offer to be with this. Now it's just something that I want to have at some point in my life, no matter how long it may take to save to get there. So look forward to it, like at some point. So. For you, though, like what is some advice you might give to someone who's looking to book in your area, like additional lodging or things on the trip? Let's say they're done with your experience, but they're looking to stay in the area. What could you advice could you give for someone uh, looking to stay in that uh, for the next trip? So, yeah, a lot of people think Nara, like think of Nara Park where the deer are, which is fine. You can go there, feed the deer. But. Um, in central South Nara, where Nail is located, we have a lot of places that are worth going. Since you're already in the area, places like Asuka, 
and Mount Miwa are full of historical gems, especially because Nara is the ancient capital. Uh, Mount Miwa, I've been there, and it's, and it's amazing. You can climb as many mountains as you like. And where I mentioned earlier, um, Kumano Nachi is a little south of where we are and down towards Wakayama as well. So it's, it's really full of history in this in, in, in Nara. That's awesome. So awesome. And we're going to kind of pause at this moment here and kind of get back to yourself for just a little bit. Um, what are some of your favorite either podcast, YouTube shows, um, something that could be on Japan, something that's not? Like, what would you like to share uh, with the listeners? Mm. Okay, uh, my favorite podcast is Lost Without Japan. That's right, right answer. Michael isn't threatening me or anything. <laughs> no bribery, please. No bribery. No, no bribery. I'm not thinking about Chicago pizza. That's right. <laughs> yeah, um, for YouTube, I like Linfamy, L-I-N-F-A-M-Y. Um, he does um, little short, cute animated shorts about medieval Japan and folk tales and the thousands of gods that Japan has. It's a really fun way to learn about history, especially since Japan's history gets really long. Um, also, for people that are looking to get off the beaten path to Japan, um, my friend Donnie, um, Donnie Kimball, I think, yeah, donniejkimball.com.net. Um, he does, he writes articles about um, like off the beaten track places in Japan. I highly recommend that's awesome. I said, go ahead and, uh, if you don't mind, message me that, and I will include that in the list of uh, resources as well. That's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. And what are your goals uh, for the old private house in 2022? I, I really, really hope to be able to welcome and share um, Japan, share, um, yeah, the old to guests by fall it's not summer hopefully summer you guys can experience how magical it really is and um neil doesn't just do um these experiences we have you can just come for a private lunch private dinner with your family friends so i hope to have more of that as well and, and really like you said part of the fun of being in japan or sharing something that means so much to you is seeing that reaction of anyone else and um, I don't know about you, but like I can see that smile on my kiddos' faces as I'm uh, teaching. I'm sure seeing the smiles of your guests kind of like yes. fuels you and keeps you like excited and going as well. I have to be very calm when I when I'm watching the guests eat because <laughs> I'm always very excited when they try something for the first. It's life changing, <laughs> isn't it? Like isn't the first it? time my friend ate a, a convenience store sandwich. All other sandwiches don't compare. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> it's really not. Uh, it's so not. Uh, and then how about yourself? Um, what are some goals for yourself? Like even if that takes you beyond uh, 2022. Oh, well, my life goal is to travel to all 47 prefectures of Japan. I think I'm on like 10 or 12 right now. Awesome. But this year, hopefully my goal is to go to more places within Kansai that I haven't been to yet. So more past Kyoto towards Kobe and maybe Hiroshima as well. Oh, Hiroshima, like you, if you get there, uh, you, ha you have to try uh, my friend's place, the Good Time Funari. Have a hot dog. 
in Japan. It's it's amazing. So friendly. Well, I will. I'll definitely go. <laughs> and is there anything else um, that you'd like to share that we maybe haven't discussed at, to this point? Oh, just save your money. Come to Japan. Throw your money at Japan. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, just just get here. I think you will not regret it. I could not agree more. And especially with um, we were talking, you know, in previous episodes and things, too, where you have a lot of these these experiences or places to stay that are like family owned or like, you know, like small, you know, things that are here that have been impacted so much like your, you know, money, your being there, your everything is going to mean so much when things finally open. It's just going to going to going to mean the world really well. And then, and for you, uh, one more time, just where could listeners of Lost Without Japan reach out uh, to contact uh, you and talk about those experiences that Neil Private House has to offer? So you can contact us on our website directly, neil.co.jc, or contact me directly through our social media. Um, that would be nail.jp on instagram and nail's private house on facebook awesome thank you again stephanie for uh being on more than once um i appreciate it uh, returning guests uh, you know quickest to return um thank <laughs> you thank you so much for joining us today stephanie <laughs> thank you for having me again <laughs> that's right I'm gonna be sending you a trophy you know it's like something you need <laughs> uh, so <laughs> So on behalf of Lost Without Japan and the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us today for this interview. We look forward to seeing you on board again for our next regularly scheduled episode as we continue our discussion on Japan, travel, culture, and your Lost Without moments. To everyone out there, oh, ginky day, stay well, my friend.